Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. We're going to go. We're going to continue um, from last week's message on being transformed. What it means to be transformed, and why it's important for us as Christians to be transformed. And you know, transformation happens basically one way. The Scriptures teach us basically one thing. We can all do one thing, right? Right? This is it. It's not like 42 laws of leadership. Right? I read those books. I'm like, I, I can't do 42. I, just give me one, two, maybe, maybe three if it's simple. But this says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation will not happen without you renewing your mind. Well, what does it mean to renew your mind? Glad you asked. It means to change your mind. Change your mind to what? Change your mind to see things and think ways that he thinks and sees. And because God says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And the scriptures teach us to set our minds on things above. It also teaches us that because of the Spirit, we have the mind of Christ. But it also says that we got to put it on. Right. You, know, you can have it, but not use it. Right. Hmm? Uh, yeah. Just like you know, you got a mind, but you don't always use it. <laughs> I recommend it. I recommend it. But we have this commission from here because this shows us something, that there's this contrast. The world... And its system is bombarding you with its philosophies, its ideologies, its ways of thinking and believing. And, and, and if we're just in this world existing, then we can easily be conformed to its structure and get, be bound by its, its ways. But it says you be transformed, and guess what? If you be transformed, you will never be conformed. Be transformed by the renewing of That you may prove, here's... Here's what's going to happen in transformation. You're going to test, you're going to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right? So we're here to renew our minds so that the will of God can be realized in our lives. Okay? Now, in the Spirit, when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you put your faith in that incredible gospel. Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. He was buried, and He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Don't you love that message? I never get tired of saying it. I never get tired of that message. And whoever believes on Him will have everlasting life. If anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation. Old things are gone, new things have come. So you've been born again by faith in Jesus, and in the Spirit, now you are connected to God's Spirit. One Spirit with God. But how many of you know that just because you're born again doesn't necessarily mean all your thinking changes? You can be a Christian and still not succeed in life. Still deal with the same struggles, still have the same pitfalls, still have the same habits, whatever it may be. So that's going to come. That change is going to be known by the renewing process, the renewing of your mind. As a pastor that I look up to, looked up to for many years, Pastor Casey Treat out of, um, where is he? Seattle says, get your mind right, get your life right. Get your mind right, get your life right. And we got to get rid of that stinking thinking. Transform, to be changed completely to a new and better way. So what the, what the Word of God is teaching us to do is to now become adjusted, adjusted to the new condition. And I'm not talking about the condition of the way things are in your life. 
Hmm? You might live by that mantra, same old, mm, different day. But here's the thing. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the new condition of who you are now in Christ, the new creation reality. Huh? And, and, and it's going to take daily renewing your mind to it. Because we are in this world, but we're not of it. You are citizens of a kingdom that is not of this world. But it is a kingdom that will never be shaken. It is a kingdom that will never end. And it is a kingdom that is full of resources. And, and the God kind of life. And Jesus said that kingdom is now in you. So how do we get that kingdom from here out here? Right here. Right here. So if you're not renewing, I said this last week, then you're becoming better at learning to live with things rather than to change things. So are you better right now in your life at living with things as they are or changing things? Because you're stuck with what you live with. You're stuck with it. Amen. Yeah. I'm determined I'm going to take on the... You remember Karate Kid? Right? Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, sin, say, that's what I'm supposed to say. Defeat does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, sin, say, right? These things are not going to, we're not going to be plagued up here with these things because God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell so loud in the microphone. Last name's Holler, though. Sometimes it comes out in a holler. But you refuse to put up with anything less than what God has promised you. Amen. Be better at making the change. Be better at transformation than confirmation. And then conformity, I mean. Remember what Jesus, we talked out of John chapter 3, where he had this meeting at night with Nicodemus, and Nicodemus comes to him and he says, uh, uh, we know that you are a teacher from God because nobody can do these things except God be with them. You know, and so he's making an incredible admission as a Pharisee because the other Pharisees were saying stuff like, he has Beelzebub, he casts out Satan by Satan, he's a blasphemer, he's a liar, he's a wine-bibber, he's a friend of sinners, all those kinds of things. But Nicodemus... Uh, was truthful enough to, uh, to acknowledge it, honest enough to acknowledge, no, no, this guy's doing miracles. There's something about this man. No, nobody can do that except God's with him. So he comes. And then Jesus says something most interesting to him. I didn't give you this, Maya, but y- y'all just hear the words here. John chapter 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, that word see means to perceive, but also means to experience. He said, now, Nicodemus comes and acknowledges that he sees the kingdom from the outside. But Jesus is saying, if you want to experience it for yourself, you got to be born again. you got to be born again. And then Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? You know, that's not actually a irrational question to ask unless you're talking about spiritual things <laughs> then that's a dumb question right are you jesus like come on moron no i'm not talking about that no no no. but all all he see because he, he's on the outside so because nicodemus is on the outside he only has his rationale because faith hasn't brought revelation to him of spiritual things so he says well 
I'm, all he's got is his human analysis. How is that going to go back in your mom's womb? And Jesus says, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. This is a spiritual issue, Nicodemus. You've got to be born again. How do you become born again? Well, later on, Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And that's when you're born all over and you come into this new creation experience. And so now we are trained by God, taught by God to now get this salvation experience, this newness activated in our daily lives on this earth. And you really can. We've, you know, we've, we've talked about that for the past few series and the Future is Now series that we came out of, talking about having heaven on earth right now. And uh, let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse, verses 5 through 7. Paul, we're going to kind of, today we're gonna, the rubber's going to meet the road a little bit. Is that okay? All right? Okay. We'll see. We'll see if you still love me after it's over. For those who live according to the flesh, Romans 8, 5, set their minds. Everybody say, set their minds. Or that is, they, they think on. All right, they dwell. Set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So you set your mind on the things of the flesh, or you set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Is that simple enough? So what are you setting your mind on? That's the question. Where's your focus? Where's your thinking? To be carnally minded, verse 6, is what? Well, that's not very nice. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, that's really nice, right? Anybody with me today? You take life and peace over death? Are we going to choose life and peace today? Amen. Life and peace. Carnally minded is death. That is, the word carnal is, is a, it means to, the appetites or the animal appetites of the flesh. The flesh only wants to please itself. It also means prone to sin. So God shows us here, reveals to us, that, that there is a mindset that's prone to sin, and that's called carnally minded, and to satisfy those desires. But to be spiritually minded, and this is what I love, the spirit, spiritually minded means the divine influence. It's not the divine domination, it's the divine influence. I wish, I, I wish to God sometimes, you know, have you ever prayed this prayer, Lord, please just take over? But he's, he's not going to happen. No, you have to renew your mind. Huh? I've put you in charge. I've given you your choice. You use your faith. Hmm? Hmm? Get your mind right. I've given you all the tools, all the resources. But I'm not going to do it all for you. I've already done everything I'm going to for you. Amen? Now, you've got to activate it. So he influences us. How does he influence us? Through the Word. Number First and foremost, the Word of God that you have there. Through church. Amen. Being in the environment of other people, of faith, the hearing of the word, praise and worship, even, even just through other people in life. But the Holy Spirit, who's that very resident spirit in you, always there. And Jesus said, and he's got this constant MO. He guides you into all truth. He shows you things to come. He's, there's an anointing that's, that's, that's rolling around on the inside of your spirit that teaches you all things. I mean, you constantly have the counsel of God. Isn't that extraordinary? All this great resource of the kingdom. But spiritually minded, here's, I'm going to give you the long definition of it. The divine influence by which the temperament and disposition of the mind is affected, corrected, elevated, and ennobled. All right? This is the Spirit's influence, the divine influence. And, and it comes in. It's there to influence your mind and to affect it, correct it, elevate it, 
and ennoble it. In other words, he's, he's here to help you elevate your thoughts, elevate your thinking, and therefore elevating your life. Amen. When you surrendered your life to Christ and Jesus, his spirit came in you, as the scripture says, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now there's a divine influence always there, always, always speaking. And you know it, and you can hear him. You can hear him. You know you can hear God. You can hear God. You, can know, you already know God's voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They do. Uh, for some reason, uh, Christian, a lot of Christians have made it difficult, even church leaders, how to hear the voice of God. I already know how to hear the voice of God. But when they say things like that and write books about it, it makes you think you don't know how to. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Hello. Adam continued to hear God even after he sinned. That wasn't the issue that he couldn't hear God anymore. Adam just forgot how to talk to God. Right? He heard him. Adam, where are you? Oh, God, he's still there. And Adam says, I was afraid. And God says, why are you talking like that, Adam? Afraid? We need to know how to talk to God. It's not that we don't know how to hear him. He's in you all the time. He's always speaking. Amen. Also, not only will he affect us, but he corrects us. No amens on that. I, I didn't think there would be an amen on correct. I love being corrected. Right? But the proverb, I love Proverbs. It's so straight. It says, he who, dis, who, who despises or hates correction is stupid. It's pretty simple. If, <laughs> I need to be corrected. I want to be corrected. If I'm off course, I want to know the right way. I need to be told the right way. Hmm? You're his child. You're, he's your father. And this scripture says who the Lord loves, he corrects. How does he correct you? With his word. Don't buy into that religious lie. The, oh, I got sick. The Lord's teaching me something. Boy, I really screwed up. And boy, God's getting me good. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. All that stuff comes because of sin and death. Hmm? Jesus said, I came to give life, give you abundance in this life. All right? Don't, don't, don't try to act like we're on the same team because the, the devil's not some pit bull on a leash that God's like, get him, get him for a while. I'll teach him something. No, it's not how he works. Amen. He came to destroy the works of the devil. They're not on the same team. All right? So keep the credit for, for evil, devil, bad, God, good. Amen. And he's going to correct you with his word. That's the, that's the greatest way. Now, he might use uh, some some spiritual leadership in your life to do it as well. Well, I've had that happen many times. Elevated. Elevated. You're called to think higher thoughts. As I said earlier, my ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. This is God inviting us up. Up. To see his way. To experience his way into his thinking. And then, I like this. And to be ennobled. Our thoughts ennobled. This has a, a royalty kind of aspect to it. Nobility. You are born of nobility because you are in the family of a king. You are children of the king. And so because you're children of the king, you have authority that other people don't have. Hmm? And your authority comes from your seated position in heaven with Christ. Oh, this is good. See, you're already in the kingdom of God, so you can call that kingdom forth here where you live right now. Amen. That's good. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. All right? That's why we've got to get rid of our stinking thinking. All right? Just 
Quickly, I want to help you with something. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 is going to be the last place we go. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Say mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds. Pulling down strongholds. Pulling down means to, it means demolition. Demolition. Pulling down strongholds. So these weapons that are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, what are those strongholds? What are those strongholds? Huh? There's a lot of weirdo stuff about strongholds out there. Hmm? We used to, we used to speak, speak to the sky. We command the strongholds over this city to come down. We did a lot of wasting our time. Because the truth is, strongholds, look at the next verse. It's going to show us what the strongholds are. Casting down arguments. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Oh, that's where it is right there. See, isn't it so much easier if we can just leave it out there, though? Because if we leave it out there, we won't have to be responsible for what's going on in our head. But Paul says, okay, this is where the rubber meets the road, the strongholds in your head. And you're going to have to change the way you think. You're going to take responsibility, fix your mind. All right? Because, now listen to me. This mind that you have is a battlefield. All right? You've got thoughts that are coming. You know what I'm talking about? Like, maybe I'm the only one. I'm about to probably admit just what an awful person I am at times. But and it seems to happen the most inconvenient. Praising God. I mean, you're just blessing God. And all of a sudden... Some thought comes through your head, nasty, funky, right? Out of nowhere. This is what I used to do. Oh, my God. Oh, God, forgive me for that. Oh, my God. You see, these thoughts come. They're not all just self-perpetuated thoughts. you got a devil that's out there that's lying to you, and he likes taking opportunities like that to throw a thought right there. Right when you're connecting to God, he's still got this voice, he speaks in your mind, and, and instead of seeing that thought for what it is, that's, that's not your thought, and disregarding it, you own it. You go, oh my God, I'm so terrible. No! That's just a thought. Enter, don't entertain it. Just as quickly as it comes in, say, nope, that's not my thought. I refuse to dwell on that. But the problem comes when the entertaining starts happening. Can we just talk about that process for just a second? You know, a thought comes into your head. A thought comes into your head. And this is when that stronghold is at its weakest point. Because this is where you say, no, I disregard that. No, every thought, take every thought captive right now. That's not my thought. In the name of Jesus. Hmm? And those thoughts come... That stronghold is made up of, or those, those kind of thoughts that are against God are argumentative. Come on, talk to me today. Argumentative. Huh? You, you're reading your Bible and you see something that starts talking to you. Huh? You're like, oh, that's Old Testament. <laughs> Start looking for ways it doesn't apply. Huh? <laughs> The argument comes. See, Christian maturity is 101, really, is when you just refuse to argue with God. You just refuse to argue with the Word. Hmm? You refuse to argue with truth. You let that truth come to you. 
And sometimes it brings an ouch with it. Huh? But truth is here to set you free. Hmm? But this, this stronghold begins to get set up. A thought comes, and it's something argumentative maybe, or prideful, it exalts itself. Right? And that might happen by a comparison with somebody else. Something happens that makes you feel good. I'm talking about here in the flesh. And then, or just a contradictory thought. Something that's directly opposed to the things of God. It comes in, and if you decide that you're going to entertain it, well, once you start to entertain it, this thing begins to pick up traction. Right? The longer you think on it and start living on the inside of your head, instead of reaching out and talking to somebody, right? And you live in your head and your world gets real small all of a sudden. Right? But if, if you just keep working that thing, then... Before long, it kind of scratches an itch. And then what is not supposed to make sense starts making sense to you. Because you've pushed past logic. You've pushed through truth. You've pushed over hmm, common sense. Warning, warning, warning. This is not a thought of God. Warning. Mm, No, but it feels good. Right? You just keep on pushing forward. And all of a sudden, then you start feeling this thing. Because in this realm of the soul, it's our thoughts, it's our imaginations, it's our emotions, it's our will. All of that makes up our soul. And so now you start feeling that thought, whether that's a feeling of excitement or anger or sadness, whatever it might be, begins to become expressed. And before long, now this becomes a dominant thought. And the dominant thought causes the will to follow. So now it's about to go from here into action. Hmm? Starts, you start voicing it. it. It creeps up in conversations with people looking for somebody that will ally, align themselves with you. Hmm? Anybody out here that will agree with me? Because if they don't agree with you, somebody that loves you is going to speak the truth to you. Guess what? You're going to start arguing. You're going to start arguing and making excuses and trying to make your case for why you're justified in this. No, if I'm not right, why does it feel right? Hmm? This, you've, not, you've never gone through what I've gone through. How can you possibly understand? And it begins to fortify itself and defend itself in a position of argument. Hmm? And, and, if, and if that's not working, if, you, if your reasoning is very <laughs> shallow, which most of the time it is, if it's if it's a thought that's not grounded in truth, the next thing, if you see that you're not getting your point across, then the emotion comes out. Hmm? Just the blowing up, the crying, the spewing, the name calling, all this stuff begins to come out to try to fortify yourself in this. It's a stronghold, and it must be brought down. Hmm? It must be brought down. Casting down arguments. Casting them down. How do you cast them down? Well, no, that didn't work. It's thought still in there. It's another way to do it. How do you cast down an argument? How do you cast down an imagination? How do you cast down something that is directly opposed to the knowledge of God? It says bringing every thought into captivity. You put handcuffs on that baby and you send it away. 
Hmm? How's that going to happen? You need to open your mouth and say, nope. I need my, my, my brain to listen to what I'm saying right here. This is what the Word says. And I believe what the Word says. I'm going to live by truth. I'm not going to let these lies. So, well, how do you get rid of the stronghold? You know, some, of, some people are real. I mean, they've got bad, big strongholds in their lives. Many are going around with this, and they, they, they feel helpless. And they say things like, I can't, help, I can't help the way I think. Yes, you can. See, that's not a weakness that you have. That's a stronghold, and you've got to bring that down, and you can bring it down. And you as a Christian have, oh, you have such an advantage to pull this thing down. And it says to cast down. To cast down, to cast down. That also means to demolish, but listen to this for just a moment. I'm almost through. Uh, remember, the dominant interest of the mind causes the will to follow. To, oh, where are you, Eric? Here at One Cause Church. Here in McKinney. Okay, to de- okay, so casting down also means to demolish, but here's what it specifically means to demolish. To demolish the subtle reasonings of opponents. The subtle reasoning. See, this is why the devil is a sneaky little snake. Because he deals in subtleties. It's not always so obviously opposed to God. But it's just enough off huh, to get you off course. And, and if it's leading you off course, it doesn't matter how much you miss it by. That's what... Sin means, it's the Greek word hamartia, to miss the mark. Whether it's an inch or a hundred yards off, you're still missing, right? And so you've got to keep that correction. You've got to stay in the Word. Now watch this. Here's how you're going to get good strongholds in your life. All right? Or first of all, how to pull down a stronghold. Hear the truth. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Yesterday... Now, I'm not trying to pick on my son's business or anything. He, uh, I'm not, I, won't, I won't even say where he works, so we won't. He works for this. He changes oil, and he's like a, he's a mechanic. He's becoming much more versed in vehicles and things like that. So I'd never taken my vehicle to where he works before until now because I needed an oil change. So I took it there yesterday. And so, I mean, they had me in and out of there just like that. I drive home. And I'm sitting at my house, and I was listening to an old podcast that my dad had preached, because I like to hear when he, when he yells. And, and I'm sitting there listening, and I start smelling something. It smelled like oil burning. I thought, maybe there's just some oil in the manifold or something. Maybe they spilled a little bit. So I got out of the Jeep, and I back up, and I'm looking under, and oil is pouring out of the bottom of my Jeep. So I called Dylan. I said, Dylan, um, I'm losing oil real fast. i got to get back to where you are. Fortunately, it's not terribly far away, but it was far enough away that I lost four quarts of oil in the process. And you know what it was? One little gasket. One little seal that they forgot to put on. One, I mean, just that. Just, just a little rubber seal. Those little thoughts add up. Those little thoughts mean everything. And you're going to have to go after them and not allow them to get into your head and begin to form a stronghold. 
You got to stop the arguing, huh? You got to humble yourself under the word of God. Let him exalt you and believe the truth because your life is depending on it. Your success in this life is depending on it. So you got to be open. The first way to pull that stronghold down is first to be open to hear the truth. And then not only to hear it, but to believe it and get it in your own mouth. To parrot that truth. And let me tell you something. When you're taking down a stronghold, when you're, going in the, when you're choosing to go in the direction of God by your confession of faith, your mind is still going to struggle and your feelings are still going to struggle. Don't lose heart over that. Because you're guiding them in another direction. And you continue to say what God has said long enough, guess what? The thoughts start lining up. The feelings start attaching to that. Hmm? You begin to make the soul whole again. Because the, John said in, in, in first, what is it? Third John, verse 2. Beloved, I, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul. It didn't say spirit. Think about this. It didn't say as your spirit prospers. It says as your soul prospers. See, your prosperity in this world, health in your body, is dependent upon this mind, will, and emotions being whole. I told you the rubber is hitting the road here. This is a this is where it comes into our lives, into our living room, if you will. You speak the word, you believe it, you wield that sword of the spirit, and before long, you begin to get the knowledge of God here. It begins, you can reason the word of God here because you've believed it with your heart. And faith begins to bring up this, oh, this is so good. And Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you dwell there, you continue to stay in my word, endure in the word of God, then this knowledge of the truth will come. The truth then will set you free. See, truth doesn't set people free until they know it. When they know it for themselves, that's when they walk in freedom. It's the truth that you know that will set you free. And then this is what you're going to live by. All right? So getting those good strongholds happen when you get yourself in the Word. Hmm? Get yourself in the Word. Have a daily, non-negotiable time in the Word. Hmm? Non-negotiable. You are going to invest in the Word of God. You're going to get His ways in your thinking and believing and speaking. You're going to get His thoughts in your thoughts. You're going to put on the mind of Christ. Read and listen to it. Stay in a community of believers. You did good coming to church today. Hmm? Amen. Listen to good, positive, encouraging music. Praise and worship. Huh? Just immerse yourself in it. Weigh your words. Watch what you say. Speak life. Choose to speak good things. We are, we are naturally prone to negativity just because James said this tongue is set on fire of hell. So it's a lot easier just to start off negative, right? So you're going to have to make yourself get the right things in your mouth. When you could be reactionary to somebody, take just a moment and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do what maybe I've always done. What's something nice I can say? Hmm? And if you can't say nothing nice, my grandma used to say, then don't say nothing at all. Amen. Sometimes biting the tongue is the best thing to do. Yeah. Keep yourself in an environment where you're always welcoming God. Yeah. Hmm? And purpose to think on good things. Because when the right kinds of thoughts become the dominant force in your mind, your will will follow. Amen. Change your thinking. Change your life. Change your mind. Change your life. Amen. Does this help you? We're eight, eight minutes into the cowboy game, so we've got plenty of time. Let's stand together.
I want to encourage you with something. Do you know your heart has thoughts? And your heart has thoughts that are different than your head thoughts. Uh, come on, Eric. Hebrews chapter 4 says that the Word of God is living, verse 12, living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. I mean, it's a sharp, precise word. To divide soul, spirit, and of joints and marrow, talking about the flesh, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let me encourage you today. Your real you, your, the heart of who you are, thinks the right thoughts. Because remember, you're connected to God in the Spirit. Your intentions are right in the heart. Do not identify with this. Don't buy into these thoughts that contradict and go, oh my God, I'm a terrible person. No, 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 you're a good person. You're that person. You, you just got to get that mind under control. You begin to train the mind to think like the heart thinks. Hmm? To line up with the heart. Think about this. The very fact that a, that a, a God-awful thought would bother you should tell you, oh yeah, because if you were a terrible person, why would it bother you? Hmm? That's how to encourage you. Don't identify with that. Know who you are and get control of your thinking. All right? Don't let those strongholds build up. And if they built up, just go back, address that thought that started all that junk, bring it into captivity and say, no longer will you dominate my thinking. Amen. I'm thinking his thoughts. Let me bless you, and Ashley's going to come and dismiss you. Now, may the Lord bless you, and may he keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.